At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very interesting guest and we're discussing a very interesting topic. We're talking about how to shine, succeed, and stand out in film and entertainment industry, and also it applies to any other industry. So my guest today is Michaela Phillips, and she will be giving the best advice on how to succeed in the entertainment industry and how to become a successful entrepreneur. We'll be talking about movies and discussing Barbie movie. Also talking about TV and film industry and so much more. My guest today is Michaela Phillips and she's an accomplished producer, actress, presenter. Her journey into the world of entertainment began from the early age of six. Started out in theater, however, she began her professional career as an entertainment host on Afterboss TV USA, where she went on to become well-known amongst audiences for her one-of-the-kind reporter-style exclusive interviews and magnetic charisma. After her time at Afterboss TV, Phillips received international prominence and critical acclaim for starting as 
Face Morgan and TV drama series Counterplay, which she also executive produced along with her mother, writer and director Chris Phillips. Since 2018, Phillips has been creating, developing and producing content under their production company bracket for the likes of Viacom, CBS, MTV, Awesomeness Film and Netflix and so much more. Michaela has produced and directed so many famous movies and also I will put the full bio and show notes. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Michaela. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast and so happy for you to share your experience. So tell us about yourself and tell us how are you today and how it's been going. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm glad to be on the podcast. So thanks for having me. And as you can tell, I have a bit of an accent. So I'm originally from Australia, but I've been calling the US home for a few years now and I love it. I work in TV and film and that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's very interesting industry to be in, especially now. And can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the film industry? Absolutely. It's always been a passion of mine, like the performing arts and theater um, and screen. So I've been doing acting and stuff for as long as I can remember since like a very little age of like six years old and then obviously as you get older you kind of progress and start looking at it as maybe more of a career and not just like a fun you know outlet and hobby and it definitely turned into now my career so I've been in the industry for several years my mom works as well in it so I've always been surrounded by it and definitely made it something I wanted to pursue as I got older more seriously and professionally. Yeah what drew you to be the producer, film producer, and TV producer, and what do you like the most about it? Yeah, I kind of fell into producing, which is funny, um, like without realizing I was producing. At the time, I was um, producing more digital content, so like your online interviews, your red carpets, that type of digital content, and I just really fell in love with it. I liked how you could have a little more of the control to kind of steer the narrative where you need it to go, where you want it to go, and then one thing led to the other where I made the break finally into TV with the TV show Counterplay, and it's been no turning back since. I, I love producing. It's a very hands-on job, so it's not for the faint-hearted, <laughs> but it's something that I really definitely like to do to be able to tell stories and be able to bring um, a story that people can relate to or escape with or just laugh to, um, to audiences worldwide. That's very interesting. And the actual role that you do, do you actually just produce or you also write a plot and you kind of manage the whole thing when it's being produced and how how is it all done? I do like to write like just for the fun, like just for myself. I'm not sure if I would ever maybe write professionally that might be something down the track to explore so up to this point in time I've just been working with other people who have written the scripts or developed those concepts and majority of the time I'll either have like a say in that as a producer you know in that capacity and see where the story will develop for example with counterplay obviously it's a tv series so we're talking episodic episode to episode and I did get to have like quite a nice input in where the storyline and the characters would go and I do like being that hands-on side um but yeah most of the time I'm working with written material that's already ready to go and ready to be produced and brought to audiences that's very interesting and what do you think about movie industry right now 
how is it going? And what do you think of the latest movies, <laughs> especially movie Barbie? The movie Barbie, as you see, it actually exceeded all the expectations of even the creators of the movie because they projected to be 100 million in the weekend. It, it did over 300 million. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually, it's good to look at that as something I think people can look at in terms of not only has the marketing been absolutely phenomenal, they're obviously starting with a brand that's very well known as Barbie. You don't always get to start with something so iconic when you're creating a film. So they definitely had such a great like leg up and were able to leverage that. But just seeing it do so well with female like core cast and a female director, to me kind of says everything. A lot of the time there's still such a, a thought process with other people that you have to have a man to make it successful or a male director has to be on a film for it to do well. And this just shows yet again that you can have females right at the helm, right in those key power positions and it do just as well, if not better than a lot of other films that have come out. So true, it's like girl power movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all for the girl power. We are all for female, like in in key positions right now in this day and age. Yeah. Um, definitely, female representation has come a long way for women in in leadership roles and you know key positions. But there's still a long way it can go because, like I just said, there's definitely sometimes still an outlook or an attitude that you need maybe more male or you need not a female in that position because it won't do as well or it won't resonate as well and I think females have a really good grasp on what people want you know we're naturally meant to be more caring and more like you know mother figures in life so I think we can nurture what audiences want to see and also like bring the power to set and bring like a more feminine approach and touch to it we can do a job just as well as a man can do the job that's so true and comparing to industries as far as movie industry and reality tv what do you think because sometimes they say that movie industry film industry is kind of like short outlived because you create a movie yes you will show it many times but it takes some time to for some actors to gain some popularity versus reality show they go in reality tv and they get huge exposure and they become popular and from that they go to different brands and endorsements and other things that they become popular from and then creating their own brands so what do you think about all this I think you hit the nail on the head this is all true things I've seen it I, I actually know a lot of the people in the reality space so you know that they're, they're what you see on tv is not always what you get in person and I mean that in the most positive way that um, you can be perceived on television and on a reality show in a completely different light than who you are as a person off screen. And I do know a lot of the people on like shows that have been on like Netflix or Too What To Handle and The Circle and those types of shows. Um, and they do, they definitely do leverage that opportunity, these individuals, which I can't blame them. But in terms of like then where I'm coming from and seeing that, yeah, sometimes actors or sometimes people in more the TV um, film scripted route don't get that recognition as quickly I mean it can be a bit disappointing for I think a lot of actors and a lot of individuals and I think that's why we're seeing now too with the the Writers Guild strike and the strike currently going on is that people do want their fair share of you know their contracts and their fair share of residuals and their fair share to be basically recognized in those roles and in their capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And especially actors have to go to school, to acting school to actually <laughs> study and practice and spend so many so many hours practicing and memorizing the scripts versus reality tv you just be who you are whatever just <laughs> act on camera and being 
funny and nice and dramatic. So you don't really have to have any skills. You just do whatever kind of producers tell you to do. Yeah, and it's definitely one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about actual the writer's strike right now? I mean, what's going on now? Because so many people are upset because of AI taking over. Yeah. And being very creative versus the actual people writing I guess how you look at it is that, you know, if uh, there's definitely so many good ways to use AI and there's definitely so many beneficial ways that it can be integrated for anyone in any profession. But when we're looking at it in terms of this screen industry and people are saying, oh, we could literally basically copy and paste your face and own that in perpetuity and just reuse it, reuse it there's not going to be any work. There's not going to be an industry. There's not going to be a career for individuals. So it's kind of something that's, I think there needs to be more parameters put in place. And that's kind of what the strike is currently for and wanting to, I guess, defend um, what we need and what, what really actors and every other individual has a right to. I guess they have to create a new set of rules for this new feature that we have in the industry now so we have to kind of have some kind of they still have to have human touch in it i mean i'm not sure what it will be but i mean kind of it would be great if it would be some human touch in it not just Mm -hmm. AI technology but technology can go so far now so that's right that's right. It can only go so far. So a lot of people have been also like conversations I've been having, which is where, you know, um, for example, if you said AI write a script, to be fair, it's actually like plagiarizing in a way because it's not really creating it because you are having at least input some sort of a story or some sort of a dialogue that's already written, already created, already out there um, for it to be able to generate something. So there is only so far it can go. And it's the same thing. You're not going to get potentially the full emotions or the full relatability of like your favorite actor on screen. You know, we all love movies and TV shows for different reasons to laugh, to cry, to see someone else that looks like us and whatever your ethnicity or your background is. We want representation. We want to see something that inspires and you may not get that. You're not going to get probably the same delivery that you would with real humans interaction yeah i agree and how do you approach the process of selecting and developing movie ideas what also inspires you to create new ideas yeah i love creating just period like i love a new concept i love being able to sink my teeth into a story and be like wow this is really good or like this hasn't been seen before so being able to bring fresh ideas and concepts to an audience is something that i truly love when it comes to looking at what to do um you know i do work with a lot of other individuals so they have something that i like believe in that i read and i think this this is something or like this is something i would definitely want to work on then that's kind of where the conversation starts to flow and begins from my involvement but aside from that I generally work very closely with also my mom because she's a writer and a director and so it kind of goes hand in hand with what I can bring to the table um and she kind of has the stories already there so um you know we also brainstorm as well there's always things that we come up with and we go that would be really cool we should keep that in mind or we should start developing that for when the time is ready and to bring that out 
That's so amazing that you have your mom in the industry too. Oh, you guys can work together and brainstorm and create ideas. My mom helps you. me out with some of my ideas as well. And sometimes when a photographer is out, I have to film like quick content. She does it for me too. So I love that. Moms yeah. are the best. Moms are always there for us. They're always, always there. So I love that as well. Go moms. <laughs> Go your mom. <laughs> Can you walk us through the typical steps that involved in producing the movie, like from concept to release part? Yeah, so it's definitely a big process and a lot to a lot to always juggle sometimes. So from inception, pretty straightforward. It's gonna be the concept, it's gonna be the idea, it's gonna be whoever is the writer and brings the story. It could be a producer sometimes that says, I have this story, we need to find a writer. Sometimes the person doesn't know how to write the script, but has the idea. So that's where it starts with. Obviously, then you have your script, whether it's from the writer or you find a writer to pen that. And then that's when you start your pre-production. So pre-production is basically your budgeting, where you'd be filming, um, your cast, organizing like the film schedules, the dates, everything. Basically, a lot of organization and a lot of work and a lot of follow up. Then from there, you go into production, which is essentially basically means filming. So if you're on location or if you're in studio, you're filming, you're in production. Then you have your post-production, which is going to be all your editing, all your everything once the film is complete. So your editing, your sound, your music, your mixing, all of that before it's ready to, to finally be released, whether that's theatrical or whether that's on streaming platforms, um, like video on demand, whichever way that, it, or film festival circuit, I should also include, whichever way that you're, I guess, going and whatever your intentions are for the film or your TV series, that's basically the same process that you go through. And that's incredible. And also I know that some movies take a year to two years to actually create and be released. So is it true or what's it's, the timeline for creating the movie? It's definitely true. The timeline does vary. So, you know, if you want to go and shoot a film today, like let's say you and I were like, let's go shoot this little film and let's just go have fun. I will put it through the festival circuit, for example. You know, it depends. Like if we're shooting a short film, we could have that done in like three days. If we're shooting a feature, we could have it done in a month. So when you're talking different budget films, the timeline does vary. But yeah, some films can take a good year or two because it depends. Depends on like if you're the budget's big, if the actors aren't available, you have to wait for certain actors to be available from their past films or what they're already contracted to. So a lot of preparation goes into these things, but it's very rewarding when you finally get the movie made, even if it takes a year or two years. Does it make sense for actors to join SAG or Astra unions, or it's better to be independent? I know there are so many benefits and some things you have to do to join mm -hmm. those unions, but... Yeah. Yes, there is, um, I would say, like a checklist of requirements, I guess, of what you have to have already achieved or, or have in place to join those affiliations and guilds. I don't think it's a bad thing. It does limit sometimes the work that someone could do. Um, so, for example, if they wanted to go be a part of a film that wasn't SAG, um, you essentially can't do that. So it does potentially put you out of some jobs. But then the jobs that are SAG approved, which are majority of 
all the TV shows you see on 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 TV um, and the films that are then of course you're a shoe in already for that and hopefully you audition and land the role. So it does come with pros um, and cons. I think for actors who aren't at a certain level to probably remain non-SAG because you can still work as much as you can to obviously get the more runs on the board, get your credits, build your resume. Um, and also because there are fees when you join these guilds. So you want to be able to, you want to be able to make sure you can pay your fees as well and not be like a broke actor because let's be real a lot of like the talent in the industry are working multiple jobs so you want to make sure you definitely can um definitely can afford that what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a movie producer I guess on the topic of AI as we were discussing that's definitely something now that is making looking at different things and different ways of doing things. So um, I wouldn't say maybe it's a challenge, but it's definitely forcing um, individuals to look at things in a different way and for us to tackle things in a different way than we haven't probably before. Do you suggest for someone to go to acting school or just try out and kind of do a trial arrow, try out your talents and kind of become more experienced as you get more roles and starting small and going bigger after? You know, it's a really good question because you can do all the training and do all the studying and, and you can develop bad habits. I've seen it firsthand with certain actors. Sometimes the greener the student, sometimes the better. And sometimes it's more moldable because they're so much more fresher and eager to like put things into place. Whereas an actor who's maybe trained um, has like different like habits and can't break those, you know? Um, and it takes a little longer when you're filming and then that's obviously time is money. So I think there's a good balance you need between the two if you're someone who can't even like afford it then don't even worry about it. you can hone your skills another way you can self-tape you can get scripts off the internet these days you can do community theater there is a bunch of other ways that you can still kind of get your your toes wet and build yourself up like you were saying with just hands-on experience and then if you can do the acting classes I think it's best to find something that like one only or like one acting coach in particular that like you work well with instead of going and doing like a bunch. You don't need to go and be doing like a thousand different ones. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's kind of like a bit of like 50-50 on that one. I love it. I know so many people that done acting school for years and never got really big roles. They've done yeah. short films, small films, but never had major role. Mm -hmm. And I know people who just started became an actress and they started getting roles on Netflix. So like you said, it's totally sometimes. It's, it's the individual. Yeah. It's also like the, the drive, I would say, like the person's work ethic. Um, I think this goes for like applies for any industry, but if you're someone who's just kind of thinks like opportunities are going to come like your way and like just fall in your lap, like that does not work like that. I wish it did. You kind of have to get out there and make your own opportunities or put your, put yourself forward for things that people may not even look at you for specifically, you know? So put yourself really out there and make sure you're trying to source as many op options and op opportunities as well as whatever comes your way. Yeah. So true. What strategies do you use to market and promote your movies and how do you measure your success? Oh, good question. So in terms of marketing, you definitely want to always have something in place, whether it's like a really cool um, like artwork and poster or doing interactive things like with the cast, like cast cool, fun videos, like behind the scenes. I think people always want to see like the realness 
of like a cast. And I think that really helps in the promotion. Um, obviously, if you have like a bigger budget, marketing would be fantastic. You could do advertisements, you can do like so much more. Um, and then a lot of press, I find press to be one of the absolute best things you can definitely do to get the name or the brand out there. Even if someone doesn't even know what the film is, the more you hear about it or the more you see it subconsciously, then people start to go, oh yeah, I've heard of that film. Or like, oh yeah, I should watch that. How was it? So I think that type of uh, marketing is always lucrative as well. And then obviously, yeah, you just want to make sure that you're finding an audience. So whether that's literally um, teenagers, whether that's like moms, whatever your demographic is, you want to make sure you're hitting that demographic as well. And also, do you have to have like famous film? You have to work with some famous production company to get your movie in theaters? Because I know sometimes some theaters show movies that are short films or small films. And most of the theaters show movies that are huge and productive by main companies. You definitely, that's something you would look at with your distribution. So if you have a distributor or if you have a, what's called a sales agent in place, they're essentially your right-hand man or woman um, on the job. And they're going to be either looking at, once the film's already like in the early stages, they're going to be looking at who's like, in the cast how do we sell this now before it even films and that's what's called pre-sales which also gives you some sort of like money and income back on the film already before it it actually airs but yeah independent films can totally do a theatrical release especially now it's not as hard as it was probably like 10 years ago I would say there's a lot more um, platforms to compete with so I think the theater is a lot more like open and a lot more um like giving in a way, especially after the pandemic when theaters really took such a dive, unfortunately, because you couldn't go and there was no films there to see. So I think, yeah, we've definitely seen that turn around and you definitely can be an independent production and still have a theatrical run. Very interesting. (laughs) Can you share any bright moments that you had as a movie producer, film producer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the coolest things was... um, to do like my first feature film. So my first movie, um, I was previously, like I said, I started more in TV and I've been doing that really successfully, which is great. Um, And it wasn't until ironically the pandemic (laughs) that I actually had one of the busiest one and a half years of my life working on three films in that timeframe, which is a lot. (laughs) So um, it was the first film I got to do, which was originally meant to be shot here in the US, but we ended up shooting in Australia. And that did really well. It earned me like some awards. The film did really well with awards and earned me awards as a producer. And then on top of that, I worked on another film with James Pratt, his film Malibu Crush. And that got to premiere at the Chinese theater in Hollywood, which is like huge. There's like been such big movie premieres there. And I was super, super excited. That was a very cool moment for me to have a film that I was a producer on premiere there and screen there. Wow, congratulations on your achievements. Thank you so much. Thank you. What advice would you have for someone who would like to become a film producer? Well, definitely get started. (laughs) Don't wait for anything. You can do it. And I think, you know, people have a tendency to think I have to start super small. And that's okay if that's all you can kind of handle or all you want to start with at first. But don't be afraid to like dive in the deep end and set your goals a little higher. You know what I mean? You don't have to just be like, I'm just going to start with this itty bitty little two minute short film. Go like the long haul because you'll, you'll not only learn like on the job, 
you'll see how much more you can achieve, how much more you can accomplish and why start small when you can go big. So I think also just for anyone who wants to start, just kind of get out there, make your own opportunities. If there's something that you can't already be a part of, or if you can't get a job on, you know, another production, just make your own content. We have everything at our disposal now in this day and age. So just get out there and start creating and tell the story of what you want to do, because that's why you want to be a producer. And that's why you want to create. I love that. I think that applies to any industry as well, too, for mm -hmm. someone who would like to become an entrepreneur as well. Absolutely. Just don't go for small, go big or go home. That's right. Like that's what it. I always that. Some of the greatest have started that way, you know, so yeah. we have a lot of great mentors to look up to, no matter who you are, no matter what you do. And um, yeah, you got to take risks sometimes and it can be scary, but you'll come out on the other end for sure. Yeah. And you will also learn a lot because if you go mm -hmm. get opportunity. I find, yes. I find like just learning on the job is one of the best ways for anyone. Um, I have a friend who like I've known for like so long since like we were like teenagers and um, they're an actor for like years. They've appeared on so many different shows, but he wanted to go into producing. And so he studied, he went and studied, but it's funny because when he like came to like the hands-on experience part, it, it was like such a whole different experience for him. And it's something that he learned way more just being on the job and like learning like day to day on set than what anything in like school or what anything like studying can like prepare you for. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because studying can only get you so far, but actually you have to have an experience and you have to try it and you have to. Absolutely. And it teaches you stuff even about yourself. That's what I've found, yeah. at least, you know, um, I've learned a lot of different things I've, as, as like producing over the last few years. And it's it's always interesting because then you can reflect on that, you know, and a lot of the time you don't get to enjoy always the experience because you're so like snowed under or like juggling it like a thousand different things as a producer. But once the like whatever you're filming is finally done and like everything's finally complete and it's released and then you start seeing the reviews come in or the positive awards and things like that, it really makes it worthwhile. And then you finally can take a seat back and be like, that's really cool. Like I helped make that and I created that. So I think it's very, um, you have to take time to reflect as well, which sometimes I think a lot of us forget to do. Yeah, sometimes we forget to actually kind of recognize our achievements and we can just keep going all the time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like you said, you have to take a moment and reflect on mm -hmm. what we have done, what we have learned, because it helps in any industry, in any business, in any kind of field so and the great thing is is you can always take these skills and like adapt it to something else that's the thing and that's why I think it's really great that if you can learn on like hands-on and learn, learn on the job it's, it's skills that you have for life even if you choose to go do something else yeah absolutely how do you see the future of filmmaking evolving oh that's a really like that makes me think on that one. Um, you know, it's not probably something I, I give much thought day to day. So I'm glad that you asked the question and, and have made me have to think about that. I think filmmaking definitely, I mean, we've already seen it evolve. So I guess the proof is kind of in the past and now where we are in the present. So it's only going to, I think, evolve further. Um, I would like to hopefully see that um, evolution include more representation, um, not only for different, I guess, backgrounds and ethnicities and, and different stories, like people's like different um, relatabilities to characters to be able to come through. But for women, I know we spoke about this a bit before, but there is really still like a lack sometimes of people being 
um, not as open to women in those positions. So I would love to see that definitely continue to evolve as it has. We've definitely come a long way, but as, as it, as it does, I think I definitely hope to see in that like evolving of the industry, probably I would say maybe more opportunities because there are still opportunities and you have to create your own opportunities, but there could probably definitely still be a lot more, especially like where they they're on already. Yeah, absolutely. I think they should, Hollywood should keep their options more open. <laughs> Consider Well, they started considering just like influencers or content right. creators or others in movies as well too. Mm-hmm. So they, they are kind of evolving in this. In That's this definitely direction. one way. Yes, I think, yeah, if you go back a few years ago, it probably would have been like if you said to to a studio you said to a, a streaming platform oh we have so and so from this show they would be yeah. like yeah, they're just reality but now with social yeah. media and the way that it's all grown and people now are not only I guess reality their personalities mm-hmm. they're recognized they're in the press they're in you know paparazzis are like following them down depending on what level um of like popularity they are yeah they definitely bring a good I would say cash flow to a production because people would people generally think oh if they have four million followers that's going to translate into either four million sales four million viewers or whatever like the breakdown is so yeah it's definitely that's that's definitely taken a turn in the recent years and and changed yeah I noticed it (laughs) yeah I'm sure (laughs) I think we all have I also been in small movies. I've been in Let's Be Cops movie. They were oh, filmed in in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. filmed in Atlanta with um uh, Nina Dobrev is in that, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, I was in the movie Satisfaction TV series. I think it was oh. Australian movie or something. Yeah, that's yeah, so one cool. of the episodes. Yeah, but like small roles. <laughs> like I do. Ah, oh, well, see, see, you're making your own opportunities. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're they're filming so many movies in Atlanta now because right by my house actually. Every time I pass, like I go down the street and I see the yellow sign, you know, crew yeah, parking. The crew signs, yeah, crew parking and all yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. it's becoming huge as far as movies now, but they still do film in LA, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Atlanta's always been big for filming, you yeah. know, probably for the last several years. Um, I mean, like Team Whip used to film their Vampire Diaries, so many good things, obviously so many films as well. Um, but yeah, LA is still definitely a mecca for filming. Uh, I guess a lot of people do like to outsource out of California sometimes because there are better like tax rebates. Um, it is like the permits sometimes are cheaper. If I'm speaking candidly, it really is sometimes just comes down to the finance of it all. But I love California. I think there's a lot of beautiful landscapes, not just Los Angeles, like California as a whole. You have beach, you have mountains, you have snow, you have forests. Like you have nearly every landscape you could possibly want. Um, So there's a lot to work with. So things definitely still film here. So true. And what advice would you give to women just in general or maybe share some best advice you ever received in your life? Be yourself. I think that's like, it's, I guess, like maybe cliche. I hope it's not, but be yourself. I feel like those who are meant to be will stick around. Those who aren't, you don't want them to be around then. If you can't be yourself with with someone, is it worth it? Like you don't want to be faking. You know, I had someone tell me recently, um, oh, you have to be fake in LA. And I was like, no, you don't. And they were like, yeah, like I always have to like be fake. Or like, and I was like, 
you really don't just be yourself because the people who you're you're yourself with is who you want as your circle you don't want fake um so be yourself is definitely something i would say for females and just grin and bear it if there's someone that's really like i don't know frustrating or is hard to work with or i don't know you're experiencing some sort of like sexism or something because it is still prevalent Great, grit and bear it and you will get through and don't let in. Don't let them see you sweat. Never let anyone see you sweat. Love it. <laughs> any big projects are coming out that you can share with us or are you still keeping it a secret? <laughs> um, they're a little under wraps, but some things I can talk about, definitely. Um, so currently we've been working on the TV series, The Secret That Binds Us, which is really exciting. Um, maybe we'll come film some of that in Atlanta, you never know. But we just shot the pilot not too long ago. And so we're, we were hoping to pick up filming for um, the season, like in a month or so, but with the strike that has been delayed. So unfortunately, that's at least till that's I guess um more fine-tuned until we can at least get interim contracts and all that sorted so that's a bit of a process but that's a great drama thriller series that I'm really excited about there's nothing really like it on tv at the moment so I think that's definitely going to find its audience and find people who just love that type of like genre and then on the side I'm also been working on the pre-production of a film which is based on a book it's called Magic War Saga and it's a very fantasy type of film so it's a lot of work with that one. It's probably going to be one of those one to two years to get it off and running because there's a lot of um, uh, process to take in with the finance, the scheduling, and a lot of the actors who are more A-list. So they're committed to other films and we have to work out all the scheduling and such. So yeah, everything's going forward. It's just a process as usual. And I'm very excited about both of them. That sounds very exciting. I hope you, you. get everything you wish for. Oh, thanks. Definitely. You got to wish and you got to work for it. So we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And where can all listeners find you, social handles, all the information? Mm -hmm. You guys can find me at Michaela Phillips. That's M-I-K-A-E-L-A -E Phillips on Instagram. You can just check out everything from there. It's got all my links. So one place. That's nice. Thank you so much, Michaela. Thank you for being my guest. It was oh. a pleasure. It was likewise. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, I love what you're doing with the podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me and spreading such positivity. You're yeah. definitely just such a positive, bright person, which I love. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday to support the show tag nbb podcast on your instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on instagram as well at not basic blonde underscore or nbb podcast and if you haven't subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts thank you so much guys have a great day For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.